So today, we get to celebrate another saint who is very fitting for this retreat. St. Anthony Mary Claret, he was born in the year that Napoleon invaded Spain. And Spain itself would go through great uh, changes during his lifetime. And at an early age, he began to ponder about heaven and hell. And at one point, he, as a five-year-old child, has these insights into the suffering of hell, really that, that separation from God. And he's, as a five-year-old, pondering what it means to be separated from God forever. And he's thinking, there can't be anything worse. And there isn't anything worse. The only other thing worse than that would probably be to not exist at all. And that's from a philosophical point of view. From a theological point of view, to be separated from God for eternity is the worst thing. And I remember reading C.S. Lewis, and he said, if God gave me the option of getting rid of just one dogma of the faith, if God just said, you can, whatever one you want, I'll, I'll just, I'll get rid of it. He said, it would be hell. I would tell him, get rid of hell because <laughs> I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. It makes me squeamish. It makes me frightened. It makes me despairing. He, you know, he was writing just how this, this teaching of hell is just so unnerving when one begins to understand it for what it truly is. In fact, it is the statement made by a few of the saints that if we truly understood hell for what it is, we would never ever wish anyone there. And luckily we don't get to be the ones that decide. That's a good thing. That's why Jesus says, do not judge. He's not saying we can't judge the actions of a person I can judge the actions of a person as good or evil, but I can't judge that person's soul. I don't get to do that. None of us get to do that. I don't know who's in hell. The church doesn't even know who's in hell. She has not definitively said anyone is in hell. We don't know if Hitler's there. We don't know if many others like him are there. It's not up to us. But hell is a reality. It exists. And that's the one thing C.S. Lewis came back to. He said, if there was ever a teaching that Jesus was, was more clear on it, it was this one. It was, he went out of his way and he preached on it often and he reminded people of its reality. So St. Anthony Mary Claret, he writes in his autobiography, and I wanted to share this with you because it's, it's such an amazing thing to think he was five years old and thinking of this stuff. I'm not sure what I was thinking of when I was five years old. Do you know what you were thinking of when you were five years old? Was it theological uh, matters like this? So he goes, the first ideas I can remember date back to when I was five years old. 
When I went to bed instead of sleeping, I had never been much of a sleeper. I used to think about eternity. I would think forever, forever, forever. I would try to imagine enormous distances and pile still more distances on these and realize that they would never come to an end. Then I would shudder and ask myself if those who were so unhappy as to go to an eternity of pain would ever see an end to their suffering. Would they have to go on suffering? Yes, forever and ever. They will have to bear their pain. This troubled me deeply, for I am by my nature very compassionate. The idea of an eternity of torment made such a deep impression on me, either because of the tenderness it evoked in me, because of the many times I thought about it, that it is surely the thing that to this day I remember best. The power of this idea has made me work in the past, still makes me work, and will make me work as long as I live in converting sinners, in preaching, in hearing confessions, in writing books, 150 of them altogether, and in distributing holy cards and pamphlets and having familiar conversations. If I saw someone about to fall into a pit or a fire, I would surely run and cry out a warning to save him from falling. Why shouldn't I do the same to have someone from falling into the pit of the fire of hell? I simply can't understand how other priests who believe the same truths that I do, and as we all should, do not preach and exhort people to save themselves from falling into hell. I wonder, too, how the laity, men and women who have the faith, can help crying out. What if a fire broke out in a house in the middle of the night, and the people in the house and in the neighborhood were asleep and unaware of the danger? Wouldn't the first person who noticed the fire run through the streets shouting, fire, fire, in such and such a house? Well, why not shout, hellfire? to awaken those who are asleep in their sins, lest they awake to find themselves burning in everlasting fire. So just a wonderful little excerpt from his autobiography, which is worth reading. I mean, there's so much good reading out there. I need about a hundred lifetimes just to read the books that I have already. But his book is especially good. Um, he's, a, he's a very talented writer and just that insight into, yeah, if we saw, if we saw a house on fire, wouldn't we respond to that? And yet we see a, a, a soul that is in great danger and we look the other way and say, that's ah, not my business. It's, it's not, you know, I don't want to, you know, cause any waves. I don't want to say anything or do anything. Um, whatever we do is always guided by charity. So if we're guided by charity and how we reach out to, to sinners, then we're going to do the right thing. And once again, we go back to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will let us know what to do, what not to do, what to say, what not to say. And we need to rely on that Holy Spirit to, to reach out to those souls we know that are lost. You know, we ourselves, we know, we know to a certain sense where we're at and maybe we need some correction and maybe we need to get back on the straight and narrow a little bit more than we have been. But we also know souls that are just, they're so far away from God. They don't even know who he is. Or if they knew who he is, they, they don't want him in their life. 
or maybe they, they've rejected him. Maybe they even have a dislike or a hatred for him. And we need to somehow find a way to reach out to them. And that was St. Anthony Mary Claret. You know, the reading from Isaiah today that we have, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings glad tidings. Announcing peace, bearing good news, announcing salvation, and saying to Zion, your God is king. You know, his feet went to many places to bring that gospel of Jesus Christ. He himself, uh, at one point, uh, he thought of joining the Jesuits. Everybody thinks of joining the Jesuits. I thought of joining the Jesuits. <laughs> and then the Lord, he directs us other ways. And so the Jesuits don't get everybody. Um, but uh, his health wasn't good enough. But we'll see that actually that was something the Holy Spirit used to direct him in a different way because he had other things for him to do. And he ends up becoming uh, a parish priest, which is a good thing. Uh, I, I like parish priests. I think, you know, we're, we're kind of in the trench lines with all of you. And uh, those of us that, that enjoy uh, this kind of ministry, you know, it's, it's, it's very life-giving. And, and I, I could not, I've always thought of the monastery and I almost became a Carmelite, by the way, very close to becoming a Carmelite, you know, full-fledged instead of third order. And uh, then I thought, could four walls contain me? And could the people in those four walls put up with me? And uh, so the Lord said, nope, probably not. You better remain out here where you can expend some of that energy uh, in serving my church uh, in this way. And so St. Anthony Mary Claret, he, he responds to that call of, of becoming a diocesan priest, and he begins a great apostolate. He, he does all this. He preaches um, all, all around, um, doing missions and various things. Uh, he does retreats for priests, and he's a prolific writer. And he's just having great success in the endeavors that he's dedicated to the Lord. And so some of the, the clergy, they get kind of upset with him. You know, the thing about priests is we are uh, all too uh, fallible, you could say. We are prone to the same things that uh, all of you laity suffer from as well. Uh, and so we can become jealous. We can become petty. You know, we can be this way towards our brother priests at times, which is not the way we're called to be. Uh, but that's exactly what happened to St. Anthony Mary Claretta. There was such hostility garnered towards him um, that they actually had to ship him off to the Canarian Islands for a year to get him away from, from all these, these uh, priest brothers of his that they just, they saw his success and maybe they weren't having the same success or Maybe they thought he was sheep stealing from their parishes or who knows what, but there was just a great hostility. And so he has to kind of be rescued from that. And the bishop's wise enough to see, I need to get him out of here for a little while. And then he brings him back and it seems things uh, go okay for a while, but that's when St. Anthony Mary Claret decides, God's calling me to establish a religious order dedicated to the Immaculate Virgin. And so he puts together 
the sons of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, uh, known as the Claritians today. And their main thing is, is you know, that, that preaching, teaching, missionary uh, activity and, and really reaching out to those souls, especially those souls on the margins, those souls that are lost, those souls that are forgotten, those souls that, that just are overlooked at times by the world. And he, he desired not one person, not one person on his watch was going to hell. Absolutely not. He so wanted to save every single soul. He did not want one person to be in that hell. And so that just made him work harder and harder. You know, it, it, it's very much like what we see re, re, reflected in that energy of, of St. Paul, uh, that it's unstoppable. Um, so much so that, you know, John Mark, when he was on that, one of those missionary journeys with Paul, um, apparently did not, could not handle it, could not keep up with Paul. Uh, Paul's one of these that you go 20 miles and he's like, let's go 10 miles more. You know, we got enough daylight still. We got to, come on, let's keep going. Let's just, you know, everybody's like, oh, we're tired and we're hungry. And we want to rest. And Paul's like, let's go. Come on. We got to get to the next town. And uh, John Mark, we have some hints that he kind of didn't really kind of like that approach. And so he and, and Paul have kind of a falling out. And then it's arranged that Barnabas will go with John Mark and then uh, Paul gets a new companion. So um, we see St. Anthony of Mary he had that same energy, that same desire. I, I just, I want to save souls. I want to save souls. And so he continues to do that. And his order uh, begins to, to really increase in numbers and, and to really do well. And at some point, he's made Bishop of Cuba. So he's then sent out there. And for about seven years, he's Bishop there. And then the queen calls him back um, to kind of be like her spiritual director, confessor. And so he goes back to be in the court with her. And uh, we see, you know, during this time, like when he was in Cuba, uh, once again, you know, he's, he's, he's preaching against slavery. You know, this is around 1850. Uh, and, and he's also trying to, to bring about justice uh, for the people there uh, uh, against those who would like to exploit them. And he's, you know, many ways witnessing that gospel and, and he has threats against his life made and an attempt, an assassination attempt against him. Uh, and then after that, you know, he, he returns eventually to Spain to be the queen's confessor and, and spiritual director. And then everything shifts in Spain, everything. And the queen is exiled and it is recommended that he go in exile with her. And so he is then, now you're going to see the common theme here. I love when the Holy Spirit does this. He is locked up in prison in a Cistercian monastery. Wow. We're seeing a common theme here, aren't we? This whole thing of locking up these religious in prison seems to be a, a, a common practice. And it is in that imprisonment that he dies. 
And we see once again, you know, how the reading today, what is it? The gospel after John the Baptist had been arrested, put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So there we have John the Baptist. There we have repent and believe in the gospel. And that was truly the, the central theme of St. Anthony Mary Claret's life was to get people to repent, to believe in the gospel, to, to show them this God who is so loving, so merciful, who just wants to share that love and mercy in, in just an overflowing way to pour it into their hearts. And he's like, why would you refuse that? Why would you resist that? He's like, just open yourselves and allow yourselves to be transformed by this loving and merciful God. And so he, you can see, you know, he had a challenging life. And once again, you know, he could have let it made him very cynical. He could have become very bitter. He could have become very negative. You know, he could have just up and left the Catholic church, said, you know, I'm tired of all of this. Look at the way the church treats her own members. But he didn't. He let all of that transform him. He let all of that strengthen him and lift him up and make him even more zealous to save those souls. And so a great reminder to you and I, you know, let's not let life get us down. Let's not let Satan get the better of us. Let's not let all these anxieties and worries overwhelm us. Let's not let any of this stuff get in the way of us really and truly knowing and loving Christ and trusting in him in everything that we do. If we can do that, then our lives will in many ways have as many blessings and as much fruit from them as the life of St. Anthony Claret. Even though at times it was a life of suffering, a life of difficulty, a life of challenges, he always understood that God was with him in it all. And his ultimate goal, the glory of God and the salvation of souls. We now stand before God our Father, calling upon him to now hear the prayers that we offer to his loving and merciful heart. We pray first for Pope Francis, for our Bishop James, and for all clergy, that like St. Anthony Mary Claret, that they may have that same zeal, that same love for the salvation of souls. We pray to the Lord, Lord, hear our prayer. And we pray for the church that each and every one of her members may recognize the great gift of faith that they have been given and to share that gift with as many people as they can. We pray to the Lord, Lord, hear our prayer. And we pray for our world that does not know God, that rejects God, that even hates God. We pray this very day through our prayers, through our penances, our good works, that their hearts will be opened just that crack to allow God's love and mercy to begin pouring in. We pray to the Lord, Lord, hear our prayer. 
And we pray for our nation, that we will be a nation who, whose hearts truly belong to the Lord, that we will reflect in who we are as a people, in our culture, and in our laws, that gospel of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. We pray to the Lord, Lord, hear our prayer. And we pray today for the Claritians, for the blessing that they are to the church. We pray for the increase in their numbers and their good works throughout the world, especially through their publishing ministry. We pray to the Lord, Lord, hear our prayer. And we pray for all the intentions in the silence of your hearts. We pray to the Lord, Lord, hear our prayer. God, our Father, we stand before you as your children. You call on each and every one of us, like St. Anthony Mary Claret, to have a zeal and a love to bring all souls to you. Help us to never miss an opportunity, to never ignore when the Holy Spirit is calling us to reach out with the gospel of your Son to those around us that there will be not one soul lost because of our neglect, but that we will help to bring all this world to come to know and to love you. And we ask that you answer these prayers that we offer you this day through the most beautiful, wonderful name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be made acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Look upon the sacrificial gifts we offer, Almighty God, on the feast day of blessed Anthony Mary Claret, and grant that we who celebrate the mysteries of the Lord's passion may imitate what we now do through Christ our Lord. Amen. For those of you that aren't familiar with the mass propers, they are located in the songbook. Uh, 844 starts the Sanctus, and then the Memorial Acclamation and the Lamb of God follow that. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God. For in the saints who consecrated themselves to Christ for the sake of the kingdom of heaven, it is right to celebrate the wonders of your providence, by which you call human nature back to its original holiness and bring it to experience on this earth the gifts you promise in the new world to come. And so with all the angels and saints, we praise you as without end we acclaim. 
Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis in Celi et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and from the world's beginning are ceaselessly at work so that the human race may become holy, just as you yourself are holy. Look, we pray upon your people's offerings and pour out on them the power of your spirit, that they may become the body and blood of your beloved son, Jesus Christ, in whom we too are your sons and daughters. Indeed, though we were once lost and could not approach you, you loved us with the greatest love for your son, who alone is just, handed himself over to death and did not disdain to be nailed for our sake to the wood of the cross. But before his arms wrought stretched between heaven and earth to become the lasting sign of your covenant, he desired to celebrate the Passover with his disciples. As he ate with them, he took bread and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to them, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, knowing that he was about to reconcile all things in himself through his blood to be shed on the cross, he took the chalice filled with the fruit of the vine and once more, giving you thanks, handed the chalice to his disciples saying, take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, mortem tuam, anuntiamus domine, et tuam, resurrectionem confitemur, 
Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of your Son, Jesus Christ, who is our Passover and our surest peace, we celebrate his death and resurrection from the dead, and looking forward to his blessed coming, we offer you, who are a faithful and merciful God, this sacrificial victim who reconciles to you the human race. Look kindly, most compassionate Father, on those you unite to yourself by the sacrifice of your Son, and grant that, by the power of the Holy Spirit, as they partake of this one bread and one chalice, they may be gathered into one body in Christ, who heals every division. Be pleased to keep us always in communion of mind and heart, together with Francis our Pope and James our Bishop. Help us to work together for the coming of your kingdom until the hour when we stand before you, saints among the saints in the halls of heaven, with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints, and with our deceased brothers and sisters, whom we humbly commend to your mercy. Then, freed at last from the wound of corruption and made fully into a new creation, we shall sing to you with gladness the thanksgiving of Christ, who lives for all eternity. Through him and with him and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. <laughs>
Qui tolis peccatam unti, miserere nobis, agnus Dei. Qui tolis peccatam unti, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Us pray. By the power of this mystery, O Lord, confirm your servants in the true faith, that they may everywhere profess in word and deed the faith for which blessed Anthony Mary Claret never ceased to labor, and for which he spent his whole life through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. May my God bless you, the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. This Mass is ended. Go announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And we'll pray together the prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly hosts, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and the other evil spirits who prowl about the world for the ruin of souls. Amen.